Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. I've got Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress here with me on today's show. And we've got a lot to accomplish here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, including birthdays and sports. We'll have a chat with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today at 4.30 in a nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Continuing to monitor the Atlanta Braves playoff run. They started today game one of the National League Division Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Braves currently trailing in that one seven to three going to the bottom of the seventh inning you can listen to the rest of that game on our sister station am 12 30 waud so just flip over to the am portion of your radio dial go to 12 30 listen to braves coverage we'll keep giving you updates throughout the show here but also have plenty to discuss in the wide world of uh, auburn football the nfl it's uh, just a great time of year to be hosting a sports talk show these are one of those days that we're very grateful to do what we get to do so i've got ryan and brooks here with me on today's show ryan lavoy how are you doing well man and uh good to be with you here for another week and yeah a little disappointed obviously with the way the braves have come out in the nlds and this is the time of year where you gotta unfortunately even though it's baseball you gotta analyze every single game pretty closely because you only get a three out of five series this round so they all matter a lot and and today the Braves have have wasted a lot of opportunities with with base runners on base they've also given up a lot of hits with two outs I think at least five if not six of the Phillies seven runs have come with two outs and of course like I said the Braves have had numerous opportunities with two outs and multiple runners on base that they've not cashed in on so it amounts to a deficit that it looks like the Braves are going to have trouble coming back from but uh, again, you know, at least it's just game one. The Braves lost game one to the Brewers last year in the NLDS. They ultimately came back and won the series, as we know. But uh, obviously, circumstances are always different each and every year. So uh, they won't panic. But nevertheless, it'll become a must win tomorrow afternoon. And that's another thing I want to mention about that real quickly is all five of these games have been announced for afternoon start times. And uh, that's very unfortunate. Uh, that's not too shocking but still very unfortunate. And you look at at it, and I I get the Yankees and Dodgers are bigger markets, and I understand all that, Uh, even the the Astros to a degree. But to not mix it up at all with the reigning world champions, um, to know that there's an entire portion of the United States, the entire southeast would consider themselves Braves first. Like, I mean, think of how many states would say they're they're Braves fans before anything else. Obviously, the state of Georgia, but our state in Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, the Carolinas. Heck, maybe even Florida that has a couple of Floridian baseball teams might 
have more Braves fans than any other team in. So it's pretty disheartening that the Braves will have no night games in this series at all. And of course, the Braves have struggled a lot during the day this season. I mean, we were going on, we were talking about that streak where the Braves were were constantly losing the last game of the series because it'd be Sunday day games. Yeah. So uh, that aside, though, doing well. A lot of things to talk about football wise, both in college and pro. And I'm eager to get to it. Yeah, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, I want to give a shout out to Mike. Mike called in. Not one of our regular callers and just wanted to pass along a message off the air uh, letting us know that the Braves 24 and 27 in day games this season and then the Phillies 25 and 28 in day games this series so both teams three games under 500 and games being played in the day Uh, I said right on cue when we started to talk about day games being played that's because we've got it on the television here in the studio and we saw the TV feed let people know that hey you know they're also going to be playing day games the rest of the way in this one but it's playoff baseball time a lot of good things good moments can happen the Braves are still the reigning World Series champions they still had not won prior to last year before uh, since 1995 and so hopefully they're able to get a good run in uh, these final few innings of today's game or get back at them tomorrow so uh, that's the thing about postseason you can't let this loss stick with you too long you got to shake it right off and be ready to get back to the ballpark tomorrow yeah, and obviously they've got, they're going to play tomorrow. They'll have the day off on Thursday, and then they would go, I think, three straight days. They go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if necessary, and that's part of Major League Baseball trying to keep everything pretty tight because we are starting the postseason a little later than we used to in Major League Baseball, and we do have a longer postseason in terms of games because we have that wild card series now. It's not just a game and remember we didn't even used to have a wild card game it used to just be straight to the (laughs) division series so they've obviously over time added more playoff games and so no day off between game four and game five but so it's a five game series in six days but that's fair i mean you you talk about baseball one of the most important aspects of postseason baseball is bullpen usage and who and late in the series hasn't pitched as much who's a little fresher who who has the other team seen a lot that can kind of adjust the looks they're getting off of them and so that's that's a part of the strategy so totally okay with that but nevertheless if you are a braves fan and the series does go game four game five and continue to play important baseball over the weekend you get uh, some overlap between college football and pro football a lot to discuss here on today's show 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you'd like to be a part of the program talking about the world of college football auburn football getting ready for a game against ole miss uh, they've opened up as double digit favorites 14 was the line right out of the gates and it's continued to move in ole miss's favor that's because auburn is coming into this one off of a loss against georgia Ryan, your first time here with us following that one. 42 to 10, the final score. Tigers uh, do not cover that 30 point spread against the Georgia Bulldogs. They're now an even three and three on the season. Yeah, Auburn just ultimately gets whipped. I mean, there's there's no if ands or buts about it. I, I think the Tigers were very respectable in the first half. I thought they clearly battled. There's not an issue on this team right now with playing hard or or desire or anything like that. They're just not very good. And you, you saw in the first half some opportunities for Auburn in that they had gotten several stops. They faked the punt, which I don't know what the sentiment was uh, yesterday, but I, I felt like it actually was not – 
a horrid decision. I think it was terrible execution. I don't know. Some people probably just still hate the decision overall. But you're playing a team you're 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 supposed to lose by by thirty. What do you what do you want them to do? You just want them to punt every yeah. single drive. I thought they also showed in the broadcast Georgia had given up a couple of fake punts already this year. So I thought the call was actually a, a good call. You would have fit right into yesterday's program. Oh, really? Okay. We did have some callers that disagreed uh-huh. uh, with our line of thinking, but uh-huh. went with the execution part. Right. Three it, on two, you, exactly. you had more bodies than yeah. you needed to block. And uh, yeah, Tom and Cam and myself, all in agreement on that one, did have some varying opinions on the phone uh-huh. lines, but I'm glad to hear that you're on the same side yeah, of the no, boat I, as us. I, again, I didn't hear the show one way or the other, but I think that, again, it's an execution play. Like, you, you can't you can't mis-execute the play like that and just say it's a horrible decision, a horrible play call. It was a good call. Um, you can still question the ultimate decision, I suppose. But, again, you, you – I think I think you don't fake a punt when you're on the same level as Georgia. Auburn is not on the same level as Georgia right now. And again, we talked about with Chris Van Dyne last week that that was the largest spread on a Georgia Auburn game ever, and it wasn't close. It was 29 compared to what was it 15 last year, which was already that which was the new record. So when you're fighting that uphill battle, what I think that was still pretty early on i want to say it was still in the first quarter wasn't it uh or late first quarter and again like i I just i don't have a problem with it i'm sorry um that it was not executed well but you saw how the rest of the game went and you saw auburn's offense continue to do nothing you needed a spark like that but ultimately big picture for the game you know the, the offensive line just continues to be the story and I asked a question last week. I can't even remember who we were talking to, honestly. Maybe it was Chris Van Dyne again. But I said, how difficult is it to evaluate the re- the rest of the skill position players on offense when the offensive line is letting everything bad happen to it? And again, it was the same story. You had a play uh, in that game where Georgia brought three and Auburn didn't block one of the guys, didn't barely even touch them. And it, it's like that's, that's so – that's so unbelievable that you would not know who to block on a three-man rush. And that's just elementary stuff that you learn well before you get to college. And so the, the, the story continues to be the offense line is really bad. And obviously Georgia is a good defense, so they were going to heighten any issues that Auburn had as an offense. I think when you look at it as a whole, they couldn't make yards on the ground unless Robbie Asher was scrambled around making plays. And I think you also got to say that despite all the pressure, 13 of 38, that's just not something you see from a good passing quarterback. And so you're still ultimately at the end of the day dealing with a quarterback in Robbie Asher that's not experienced in throwing the football. He's not particularly accurate with it, and he's still trying to figure out how to make his reads. And you have to do all that three times faster because of this offense the line so you're already set up for failure in that regard so ultimately it's just kind of what we thought there's nothing surprising but i guess it's still just continually disheartening that it looks so 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 poor on on offense and that it's continued to not really show signs of improvement aside from maybe the yardage uh, numbers against lsu two weeks ago but the reality is georgia did what they were supposed to do and auburn never really had a great chance in the game 42 to 10 the final score georgia defeating auburn this past saturday in athens auburn will play this upcoming weekend in oxford mississippi against ole miss let's take our first time out of today's show when we return james 
from Montgomery will be on the program. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au want more sports call check us out online at sportscallauburn.com All right, welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress here inside our studio. We hope that you're doing well on this Tuesday. If you would like to be a part of the program, call us. The Auburn Bank phone line wide open, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 As we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. James from Montgomery. Oh, there he is. James has called into the show today. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, sir. Yeah, I am so excited to see if Auburn is actually going to uh, beat Ole Miss as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll play the game and we'll find out after the game if they're going to be able to beat them. It's been a, uh, a fun rivalry back and forth. Auburn has played really, really well against the Rebels in the last decade plus. Gus Malzahn in his tenure only lost to them once. Auburn beat Ole Miss last year. So uh, they've had their number, but this could be a good opportunity for Ole Miss to beat them. Yes, because I was just reading on this game and I was actually reading on the uh, Fox Sports app about um, would Brian Harson keep his job or will he get fired? Who knows what's going to happen between now and uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, because next week after Saturday, we've got the bye week. So if Auburn were to make a change, a lot of people think it could come this weekend. Yes, as well. But I'm just saying if, if Brian Harson actually comes out with a big victory, against Ole Miss, I think he'll keep his job. But if he don't, then we'll just have to, you know, turn to other measures as well. Yeah, and you mentioned some coaching candidates on yesterday's program that you'd like to endorse for the new opportunity. So we'll see if we get a new coach to come in here. Yeah, so I'm actually still uh, trying to see who will be that new coach to uh, fill that void when Coach Harson actually gets fired or being replaced, in in other words. Deion Sanders, Lane Kiffin, those have been popular names being brought up. Hugh Freeze, uh, I saw had a run on the internet again today by a lot of Auburn fans, so uh, names continue to be added to the mix. Yeah, so, I mean, with a lot of Auburn fans, I mean, we could uh, keep on going through the month, going all the way down the list and uh, seeing who we might pick for How- um for the next head coach at Auburn. How would you feel about Hugh Freeze? He's currently the head coach at Liberty, and he used to be the head coach at Ole Miss. Um, well, I, I, I actually would take that as a, as a huge compliment for Auburn. Uh, for Hugh Freeze, I'd probably see him as a good fit for Auburn as well. It could happen. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's for sure. Yes, as well. And then I do have my uh, weekly predictions between Auburn and Ole Miss. I have Auburn 
56 to 22. Oh, no. Wow. That'd well. be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yes, 56 to 22. And I'm hoping I might be right this weekend because I am actually watching that game very closely and seeing if Robert Ashford is going to be the guy that we that we really want as well. Yeah, Robbie Ashford has been such a great quarterback for Auburn. Uh, at times, he's also had some struggles. He did not throw the ball effectively this past weekend, so hopefully that can change from the Auburn perspective. But you know now, James, that Auburn hasn't scored more than 17 points since the second week of the season. So uh, we need to see this team put some work in offensively because scoring 56 is a big ask for them right now, but maybe they can get it done. Yeah, I think they're going to get it done as well. And I know it's going to be um, a tough road for Auburn because I know we're playing up there in, in Old Miss, so I know it's going to be kind of hard. But we'll, we'll, we'll actually um, push the rock over the edge as well. We need to. We need to push that rock all the way over the edge. We got to keep uh, putting in work, hard work. Yes, and that's what that's what it actually says in our creed. We actually put in work, hard work, and uh, you know dedication. And those are the three things that we live by as. As Auburn fans as well. That's right. No doubt about that. So, uh, big-time stuff from this Auburn football team. Basketball season is right around the corner. The volleyball team's off to a great start. I mean, we got some other good things going on in the life of Auburn athletics. Yes, as well, because I am uh, very, very excited to see what what the uh, ladies of, uh, of the Auburn basketball team is going to do this year, and I'm hoping that they would – have um, a really good a good run this year, and I'm hoping that they would uh, make it to the Final Four in March of 2023. That'd be epic if they were able to go on a Final Four run. Absolutely epic if that were to happen. Yeah, because I know um, the season won't start until mm, probably like November, if I'm correct on that. Exactly right, yep. So they have a big scrimmage game coming up on October 22nd. So it's going to be a really good one. I hope I I wish I was there in person to actually see uh, see some of these new uh, basketball players for Auburn and uh, seeing what they're gonna what they're actually gonna bring. Any big NFL storylines you want to talk about? Um, yes, I actually do because I was watching a game uh, last night with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I know that the Kansas City Chiefs won, but what was uh, one of the Las Vegas Raiders uh, teammates, uh, he actually pushed a cameraman out of the way what, what, what was all that about? That was Devontae Adams, and yeah, that was unacceptable. Totally, totally unacceptable. He should not have done that. He apologized after the fact. He just got heated up in the moment, and that's still not a good enough excuse. You just cannot do something like that. You need to be very nice and respectful of everybody around you. Exactly, because, I mean, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're thinking, I've been hearing a lot that the Kansas City Chiefs might make it back to the Super Bowl. I don't see that in their near future as well. No? Who do you think makes it there in the AFC? Um, I will have to say I will look at uh, my Dallas Cowboys or, mm, well, with the Cowboys being in a good run this year, uh, to put them with the AFC uh, division rivals, I will have to say 
Mm, I would have to say the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Yeah, Buffalo's be been there. a good good uh, good team so far. Buffalo plays Kansas City this week. That's a good game. Yeah. Good game coming up. Bills versus Chiefs. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be watching that game as well, and um, I hope I'm hoping that the uh, that the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills actually make it to the Super Bowl in 2023. Yeah, that'd be epic if uh, we could see a matchup like that. I think a lot of people would really enjoy seeing that. Yeah, as well, because I know with uh, the Cowboys, they're looking really good this year. And, um, you know, with Dak Prescott not being present, so Cooper Rush, this is his uh, time to shine. And I'm hoping uh, this Sunday, I'm hoping that he'll keep uh, the Rush train going as well. Yeah, same. Uh, Cooper Rush, the Rush train. I kind of like it. Huge game coming up against the undefeated Eagles. The Eagles haven't lost a game yet all season long. Yes, and actually this game right here is one of the heated rivalries in the NFL. This is one of the oldest rivalries in uh, the Dallas Cowboys roster in their schedule because, I mean, this game has – been going on for years i mean when it's a big game like cowboys and eagles anything can happen in this big uh rivalry as well you are right about that that's for sure anything can happen so we'll see what takes place this upcoming weekend yes as well and then i know um i know I would like to have the Auburn university trivia as well yeah let's do some Auburn university trivia what do you say about that Oh, I am ready for it. All right. What, James, is considered the postcard spot for Auburn University? Oh, I know this one. I know this one. Oh, man, I know this one. It's right on the tip of my brain. The postcard spot is Stanford Hall. Look at you, man. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. You ever been there before on campus? I actually have been on campus, and I actually love Sanford Hall, and it's so amazing to to actually get to see um, that beautiful building in front of our campus as well, seeing some of the great uh, history that that building has, um, you know, inside of its walls as well. What is the name of the really tall building next to the Student Center and Jordan-Hare Stadium? What is the name of the really tall building next to the Student Center and Jordan-Hare Stadium? It's known for having a a very confusing layout inside with classroom numbers and that sort of thing. Do you know what that building is called, James? Um, I actually been in that building one time and I forgot the name of it. Do you remember the Haley Center? I remember the Haley Center. That's what we're looking for. It's very large. It's a really tall building beside uh beside the student center at Jordan Hare and it's a it's a maze to get around that place. Yes, it is. It is so big on the inside as well. It's really big as well. What athletic conference does Auburn University compete in? We are in the SEC. That's right. That's right. Well done. Well done. 
Yes, as well. And then I do have a bonus question for myself as well about Auburn University. Um, before it was called Auburn University, we were actually called East Alabama Power Technical College. That's right. That's right. And there was a run as the East Alabama Mail College. And then the Alabama Polytechnic Institute. And then in 1960, we were officially named Auburn University. Yes, as well. And we are growing strong as well. And we have a lot of history for our, um, our lovely village on the plains as well. From our iconic uh, tiger, Aubie, to um, the eagles that we fly during Auburn game day Saturdays as well. Do you know, uh, this is a, uh, a bonus question, do you know or have a close guess at what the total enrollment was for Auburn last year? How many total students were at Auburn University last year? Um, I, I wouldn't know that one. Any guesses? Any number that you want to throw out there? I would have to say 90,000. That's huge. I mean, that would be very low. We could we could fit nearly 90,000 in the stadium, but the enrollment of students was 31,000 a year ago. 25,000 undergraduate, and then the rest made up of graduate students. So 31,526, the total enrollment for Auburn last year. Yes, uh, well, and then with uh, the NBA uh, season right around the corner, I think some of these great teams are actually going to be uh, going to the NBA Finals. So it's going to be kind of hard. It's going to be a hard road for some of these new teams as well. And uh, for the first time this year, the NBA G League will be starting out with their first game on November the 4th as well. Yeah, good good season of G League basketball coming up soon, that's for sure. Did you see the Draymond Green fight? Oh, yes, I actually did see that. And um, I don't know what was, the, what was his motive behind that as well. I've been seeing that on uh, CMZ and uh, seeing what was being said and why, why, what, what, what was his teammate saying to him. I don't know. Uh, what was being yeah none of us really know what was said but Draymond got upset and he hit him yes uh, well and I've been hearing a lot about Tuatonga Valoa do you think he's going to retire or do you think he's going to actually come back from his uh, concussion I think uh, he'll try to come back I I think I think he'll uh, it'll take some time but I do think he'll try and continue at least one more time to play some football yes as well and then with uh, Deshaun Watson I think he is looking like a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. So I'm I'm hoping that he's, um, you know, I'm hoping he is going to learn from his mistakes and never do it again. Uh, That's right. Actually, for that one as well. That's right. Well, James, it was good to hear from you today, buddy. All right. Sounds good. And I'll talk to you all on Wednesday as well. All right. Perfect. War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, that's our pal James from Montgomery joining us here on the program. Let's go ahead and take our next commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. 
I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, here we go. We're moving forward in hour number one of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, the Atlanta Braves, down to their final three outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. We're going to that inning, and the Braves trail 7-3 to three against the Philadelphia Phillies. They will play tomorrow for game two. Hopefully the Braves have a little bit of magic left in them. Uh, If not, they will be down one game to nothing in this best of five game series. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in to be a part of Sports Call today. Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve is due up next here with us. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, sir. All right, let's get to it because I know time is short for me. There you go. All right. Time is hopefully short for somebody else named Coach Harson. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that to him in person. By the way, guys, you know, I told you, I think yesterday that, uh, late yesterday, somebody, I sent an email to uh, President Roberts. Well, I got a reply back, guys. Did you really? Wow. Yes, I did, really. And I thought, wait, wait, maybe they took the time to actually respond to me. But not so fast, my friends. I fell for it. Again, I thought I was that important. Well, some other people on 247 Sports Bloggers posted they received the exact identical reply uh, back uh, from, uh, from their obviously emailing uh, Dr. Roberts as well. And just to give you a heads up, uh, the, uh, the email... Uh, was sent by a uh, Ph.D. Um, maybe you guys may know um, her name. But anyway, her name is, let me get it up here. Uh, hold on. Uh, anyway. Um, in the athletic department? Uh, yeah, hold on. Yeah, in the athletic department. Marcy Gurton? Okay. No, 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 no. Um, Burn it. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, she's a PhD and she sent the letter because uh, I saved it. Uh, anyway, um, and she sent the exact same reply to very apparently everybody else, uh, which I found well that's uh, interesting here. So uh, having said that, guys, you know they didn't even respond to actually some of the questions I brought up, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, I've heard your comments about. Some prospects, uh, Dion said has been mentioned, but my question to you guys is this: What is his? What is in his resume that would support him of being a actually a good fit for for, for Auburn? I just think his ability to recruit and bring talent to the Plains, and if you're looking for some specific tie resume-wise, I mean, we know that Florida State was this guy's alma mater, and he's coaching uh, at at Jackson State, so not at the FBS level. But even still, with that being said, I I think it's important to point out the type of recruiter that he could be, and uh, I think that speaks volumes to what he can do. Okay. Um, I've heard other uh, comments. And I, I hope the guy shoe freeze is not really being considered seriously, um, because from what I read about Dr. Roberts, that you know he has some integrity and ethics, and the Auburn Creed I don't know would uh, um, be supportive of someone like shoe freeze. And I say, uh, you know, I know he's cleared by NCA, and I've read Phil Marshall's columns on that. What 
he didn't do was what a criminal, um, but he did appear, uh, from what I read, to intimidate and interfere with a potential witness. Did he not? President Roberts? No, no, no. I'm talking about Hugh Freeze. Oh, I would have to. I'm trying to remember back to exactly what went down there. Potentially, yeah, there was a witness was going to testify uh, about some shenanigans going on uh, as her, and he attempted to intimidate her, apparently to persuade her uh, to not testify. And I do recall that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. And I've heard people say it may happen during bye week after the Miss game. Uh, it may happen to the end of the season, guys. Uh, I think that would be wrong thinking to wait till the end of the season but you know apparently you know i'm not a major donor so i can't influence any of that all right it almost feels like if your mind is made up go ahead and make the decision now but we'll just have to wait and see okay let's talk about the old miss game right okay all right real quickly this comes from uh auburn uh uh, auburnwired.com yeah i did not know this we have played 46 games that's the history between auburn and Ole miss all right, and you know our record is thirty-five and eleven, right? A winning record against the Rebels, yes. And like okay, I said, we've had a really so good run lately. Not so fast as old my my friend Lee Corso would say, because here's here's where I'm coming from, guys. And I'm not a uh, believer in you know uh, bad luck, so to speak, you know, or superstitions. But this one, you know, is what goes on a category of maybe not causation, but just you know uh, coincidental, maybe. All right, here we go. In true road games in Oxford, Mississippi, Auburn is 13-3 all-time against Ole Miss in true road games at Oxford. Okay. Those three losses, guys, here we go, provide a rather strange coincidence. And here we go. Here are the three coincidences. Ole Miss's first win over Auburn and Oxford took place in 1992. We lost 45-21. That was season opener, by the way. And we'd go on to have a 5-5-1 and record. Now... Before that 1992 Iron Bowl, Pat Dye announced he resigned. That's what happened in 1992 when we lost to Ole Miss. To Ole Miss. Okay, next, guys. It doesn't stop there. The next loss in Oxford was where? When, when was it? 1993. Yeah, wow. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it's 2008. 17-7 to 7 loss to Ole Miss. At the end of the Tuberville era, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's in the final four-game losing streak. And we had what record back then? 5-7. and seven, Yep. Which resulted in what? The firing of head coach Tommy yeah. Tuberville. And then Auburn would have right. gone 3-9 and nine in 2012. And Chiswick, That's yeah. right. And what happened to Gene Chiswick? Yeah. Done. Okay. Done after the year. But like we said, Gus Malzahn dominated Ole Miss. Only lost to him once. So in those three losses, every head coach after that either resigned or lost their coaching job at Auburn. That's a so, strange coincidence. Maybe the, You're right. Maybe that is something coming to Auburn this upcoming weekend. Here's, here's what we're facing, right, guys? And the game is being played in Oxford. Yeah, that's wild. In Oxford. And we're a double-digit underdog. Yeah, wow. Uh, it's been a long time. And I mentioned that. So just um, I know it's just coincidence, guys. Uh, I know that. But, wow, what a rather odd, uh, you know, coincidence of that happening. All right. Now, if you haven't heard or listened to this podcast yet, if you're an Auburn fan, I know you guys are, I strongly, strongly urge you to listen to it. It's a podcast with Justin Hokinson and Ben Leard. It's about Auburn's offensive woes and 
overall woes. Have you listened to that podcast? Or do you know of it? No, I actually don't. Justin Hokanson and Ben Leader, what did they have to offer? Well, I'll give you some real quick nuggets. First, in his own words, Ben Leard said of this, of the offensive line. He said, we have, well, he, he said, it was all horrific. These are his words, horrific offensive line play. That's one, one comment he made, observation. Next, he went on to say that that fake punt play that I was definitely just, uh, I was fit to be tied on, and I know you guys disagreed on it. He said, those kind of plays are a mark of a coach in desperation. He calls those desperation plays. Sure. And we mentioned and that. Said, I mean, Auburn was a 30-point underdog to them. Like, you're going to find some level of desperation in matchups like that. He went on to make these observations about also Harson. He said that uh, from all of his observations from the inside sources, closer than maybe he is uh, to what's going to be going on, he said that he's uh, his sources were reliable. He said, uh, find Harson to not ever really have been willing to go out and recruit and didn't really show the inclination uh, to, to really take seriously uh, the recruiting aspect of his coaching job. I found that just incredulous. Right. Yeah. Uh, just astounding. All right, but here's a positive note. Last I minute. Really, okay. And then the hour ends. He said the fix, he says, we, he says, there is a fix, and the fix can be quickly done. He said the turnaround can be quick. It just requires that recruits from the portal, uh, um, uh, quality recruits, be recruited, and they, they be done by a coach who understands that you don't back down from people like Saban and Kirby Smart. Yeah, you can't be afraid of them. That gets you nothing. Uh, so that were, were his comments. Now, I know my time is up. Ryan, I know you saw a smile. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought it was creepy, too. But maybe talk tomorrow we can have more time to talk about the uh, comments made by both uh, Troy Aikman last night. You know what he said, right, that the uh, rookie passer, he said, take the dresses off. Yeah, we can get to some of those things for sure. Right. We're out of time. And, uh, right. And then I don't throw the flag. Quote by Mr. Tom Brady when asked about the quarterback uh, uh, issue uh, about him being apparently uh, rushing the passer. So we'll talk about it again tomorrow. Hey, thank you guys for always taking my calls. Uh, I love all your comments and podcasts on the later. And War Eagle, no matter what happens on the field. War Eagle, our good friend, retired War Dam Steve, joining us there on the program. We've reached the end of hour number one. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. Uh, One hour done. Thanks for the phone calls that we've already had in the program. Coming up today at 4.30, we'll chat with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer about the Auburn season so far. The Braves fall today to the Philadelphia Phillies by a score of 7-6 in Game 1 of the NLDS. Phillies lead that series One game to none, best of five, and the Braves get back in action tomorrow about 3 o'clock Central Time. They'll throw first pitch in that one. So, unfortunately, the Braves did lose uh, the first game of the playoffs today, but by no means is this season over for Atlanta. They play a home game again tomorrow. Kyle Wright likely gets the baseball for the Braves, taking on Zach Wheeler, and you're right back at it. Just a uh, not-the-best-starting outing from Max Freed today. So got to stay positive, boys. Got to shake it off and move on uh, to tomorrow's action. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Braves, one game's not, not the killer of the series. You think back to last year, I know it was all over Twitter, but the Braves lost game one of the DS last year to the Brewers. So, you, you know, and you see what the Braves went on to do. So it's it's not the the killer, you know. Right now on in the playoffs, the the Mariners are up six to three on the Astros. As the Astros just hit a solo home run, so he absolutely destroyed that say, baseball. If if the Mariners go on to win this game, it's still the bottom of the fourth inning. It's still a long way to go. But if the Mariners go on to win this game, that doesn't mean the Astros are out of it. They you know they're still a really good baseball team. If you're a Braves fan, or if you're a, uh, I'm going to say this: if you're a baseball fan that's outside the city of Houston, you probably are rooting for the Mariners. Um, but it's you know it one game is not the series and so you still got a chance to come back in this series you've got a really good sh- and the when once the Braves got into the game and you saw their bats come alive a little bit in the later innings it, it gave you hope that they were going to break out of it you saw the bats struggle in to end the se- to end the season down in Miami uh, last week and then you had a couple days off uh, well almost a week off really for the for the Atlanta Braves and so you ha- got to get back into that groove you got to get back in that groove the Phillies played a weekend series their bats continue you know they they got those reps they got those in live action reps and so they were they were coming a little bit more from, a little bit more you know warm than the Braves were going into the series so hopefully for for Atlanta you, you saw the bats come alive later in the, in the game, especially there in that ninth inning with Matt, Matt Olson home run. And hopefully you can carry that into tomorrow. Hopefully you can carry that into getting some runs early and kind of you know backing up Kyle Wright a little bit and letting him get deep into the game and not have to worry about your bullpen tomorrow. It's going to be a big thing for Atlanta to not have to worry as much about that bullpen as you're saying, Brooks. Uh, and we'll see what they could do to bounce back. So uh, we got to stay positive, Ryan. You and I both wearing Atlanta Braves polo shirts today. Uh, we'll be ready. We'll be ready for tomorrow's action. Yeah, no, I mean... Not that our wardrobe has anything to do right. with the outcomes today. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and we definitely, you know, one game. But, you know, that that's the thing. It It is regrettable to lose that game because they did have more base runners than the Phillies. They, they left a lot of base runners uh, on... And, you know, they they had their opportunities earlier in the game to hang with Philadelphia. They also committed an error. Max Freed threw an errant ball. 
caused, I think it was Arcia covering the bag to not be able to find the bag. And uh, two runs scored that inning when they would not have. So it's still a game that ultimately you give a lot of credit to the Braves for fighting at the end. But at the same time, because they fought at the end, you start to limit the missed opportunities more than you did when it was uh, simply a four-run game and had been in hand for a couple innings, seemingly so. So, uh, they but there is no doubt to me though. Tomorrow's a must-win. They've got Zach Wheeler on the mound, and Philadelphia's got Wheeler, Wheeler and Noah uh, Nola, excuse me, um, lined up in games two and games three. That's their two best pitchers, and so Philadelphia's got to feel really good right now about it and and so the Braves will have to come and, and pitch a better game tomorrow I think first and foremost I think ultimately when you get to six runs you feel pretty good about that so I think the bats need to take advantage of their runners in scoring position opportunities better but overall six runs is usually a very respectable total uh, it was just the pitching was not there Max had arguably his worst outing in in months and that's frustrating but again it's baseball it happens and and that's why it's so hard at least in my opinion to predict these postseason series because i just in baseball there's just no telling if the best team or teams actually win in advance to me because i think you can make an argument for a few years now the best team has has not won and it, it keeps happening in the NL East division, by the way, um, with the Braves winning last year, with the Nationals winning a couple years before that. Neither case was the best. Were they the best team in baseball? They're just simply hot at the right time, and and sometimes that happens. And talking about Philadelphia, you know, you, you're going to look at Philadelphia. They had the fourth best record uh, since since June, since they fired Joe Girardi, and so same situation for them where kind of like the Braves for 60 games or so they weren't great but they played worlds better than the final 100 and that's why they're in the playoffs they already beat the Cardinals in a tough environment on the road and so you know there's no no easy series in my estimation in baseball because it's a lot you play 162 to then play three four or five or six or seven you know I mean there's just the the percentage there is so low and there's so many random outcomes but it but anyway Obviously, the Braves not out of this, but it does put Game Two tomorrow paramount importance. The uh, Phillies now three and zero in the postseason so far. All three games were played on the road, and they won each and every one of them. All right, let's do our birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays and sports here today, October eleventh, twenty twenty two. Steve Young is sixty one years old today. The former NFL quarterback primarily with the 49ers. Steve Young played college football at BYU, setting school and NCAA records en route to being runner-up for the 1983 Heisman Trophy Award. Following his college career, he played two seasons in the USFL after being the number one pick in the league. After that, he joins the San Francisco 49ers, taking over for Joe Montana, two-time MVP, seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion, member of both the Pro Football and College Football Hall of Fame. Steve Young, 61 years old today. Terrell Suggs is 40 years old, the former NFL edge defender. Suggs was a high school All-American and played college football at Arizona State. In 2002, he set an NCAA record with 22 sacks in a season and won Pac-10 Player of the Year. A two-time Super Bowl champion, played primarily in his career with the Baltimore Ravens, seven-time Pro Bowler. Terrell Suggs is 40. 
T.J. Watt is turning 28 years old today. An edge defender for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Watt played at Wisconsin, where he was an All-American as a junior in 2016. Already a four-time Pro Bowler, the younger brother of T.J. or excuse me of J.J. Watt and Derek Watt, for that matter. He won the award last year as Defensive Player of the Year after tying the NFL record for sacks in a season with 22 and a half. T.J. Watt turns 28 years old today. Mike Conley is celebrating his birthday today, a point guard for the Utah Jazz. Conley played at Ohio State, Bucks. where he was an All-Ten, All-Big Ten as a freshman, declared for the draft following that year and taken fourth overall in 2007. He made his first All-Star game this past season. Point guard for the Utah Jazz, Mike Conley, 34 years old today. O.H. Keldon Johnson is turning 23 years old today, a small forward for the San Antonio Spurs, a high school All-American. Keldon Johnson played at Kentucky, where he was a 2019 SEC Freshman of the Year, drafted by the Spurs 29th overall, and he's a full-time starter for San Antonio. And then finally, Gio Urshela is turning 30, third baseman for the Minnesota Twins. He played college baseball with Columbia and signed with the Cleveland Indians in 2008 and made his Major League debut in 2015. He also played for the Indians, Blue Jays, Yankees, and Twins. Maybe that's saying he played at the country of Columbia. Yeah, that's it. Gio Urshela is 30 years old today. So Steve Young is 61. Terrell Suggs is 40. TJ Watt is 28. Mike Conley's 34. Keldon Johnson, 23. Gio Urshela is 30. JJ, you do a wonderful job Thank setting you, up uh, everyone for success. However, in that instance, you did not set up my guy for success. But don't let it be lost. He did. A, he got it right. Don't he let it be lost correct. that I know the Columbia mascot. <laughs> no one needs to know that, but you do. So well done. Well done, <laughs> wow. sir. All right, let's take our next time out here on Sports Call. We're back after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. And we're back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress here inside the studio. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll chat with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. I was so close right there, gentlemen. Again, I'll be honest. I almost said we'll chat with Justin Verlander of the Auburn Observer. I mean, he's available to chat right now, I guess. He started today for the Astros, but he's been pulled. Um, So, yeah, we're going to talk to Justin Ferguson not Justin Verlander uh, here in just a little bit. We'll talk about Auburn football. Do you think Justin appre- Justin Ferguson appreciates being put in the same sentence as Justin Verlander? He should. He should. Very good baseball player. Married to Kate Upton? Yep. Yes. As well. That's been a while. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's been. Sometimes you see those celebrity that. marriages that don't last. My 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 really good commentary there was yes yes um yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. And that's How long all have they say been together? Ah, uh, several years. Yeah, it's, several that's what I'm saying. It's I been say, a long it's been, time. I mean, it's been since the the Uptons were in Atlanta, hadn't it? Respect. 
I don't I don't know. I forgot to keep tabs on celebrity marriages, but <laughs> uh, I know it's been a while. Uh, that's not one of your your officially married followers. in 2017. So but five, the, but they I mean they they've been together a for a little bit longer that. than that. I don't know why it matters, um, <laughs> but to be quite honest with you, well, he was just saying, do you think Verlander's a cool guy? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's a cool but guy. I don't think the coolness dictate is dictated by if it, the relationship was ten years or six years. Still, well, at least still she the relationship. He's a cool guy. Yeah. They started dating in 2014. So eight years. Got engaged in 2016 and married in November 17. Seems pretty pretty yeah. normal there. Yeah. Yeah. On November 4th, 2017, they got married two days after the Astros won the World Series. I mean, good way to celebrate. Do you think they had that planned, or do you think they just like? Hey, let's get married. And just had a daughter a year ago. That's yeah. so sweet. Wow. I love it. That's awesome. Mariners lead 6-3 in the fifth. I, gotta I love, love love. I love love. Oh. Jinx. I love it. Um, so we're going to talk football with Ferg. Maybe I love we'll, talking football. Maybe we'll get to celebrity marriages. Maybe we'll get to his, how he compares himself to Justin Verlander. What are the best sports celebrity marriages? Oh, all right. All right. I'm out for the sports segment. Sports celebrity marriages? Um, well, Dansby Swanson I'll, and Mallory Pugh aren't quite married yet, but I, that's a good one. For a, I was going to go Brady and Giselle. But, yeah, I mean they're they're kind. Of, I mean they're not divorced yet. Right, that's a power couple. So, um, who else is NFL? Uh, oh, Russell Wilson and Sierra. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, Aaron Rodgers has had not, so many great relationships. Not that married just though. Probably aren't great because they all end at some point. Yeah. I'm going to say there's not a lot of um, who, there's not a lot of celebrity celebrity quarter like a lot of quarterbacks are like I'm going to marry I, I, Patrick Mahomes and his wife she's like you know TikTok celebrity or something oh. and that, that that counts now these days uh, I don't want it to I don't know if I have the power to say if it does or no, does I not think you can. in agree my with estimation you. I do not want it to count I'd, at all I'd, I'd agree with you. Uh, that the entire Mahomes family Jeter, outside of Patrick is Jeter had a something. lot of notable relationships. Do you remember when Rory McIlroy dated Caroline Wozniacki? Yes. A little bit, yeah. It comes to mind. Yeah. Was she a tennis player? She, she is. was. She, she was. was. Yeah, she was very player. good. Yeah. yeah. I should, she was, yeah, she was good. I think she does some ESPN work now when they do, go to Wimbledon and, um, like I said, Derek Jeter. Zach and Julie Ertz. Julie Ertz, the United States yeah. women's football, uh, football. I mean, it, it, soccer team. Football. And uh, Zach Ertz, tight end, Arizona yeah. Cardinals. Solid. Um, like I said, Derek Jeter had a lot of good relationships, notable relationships. A-Rod and J-Lo for a little while. Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf have been married in 2001. Oh, I didn't know that. No one told me that. Two tennis, a tennis power couple. Did not know that. Lance Armstrong dated Cheryl Crow for a while. They're not long. I mean, oh, yeah, it doesn't count. doesn't count. There's Tiger Tom Woods. Brady. Didn't Tiger Woods date Lindsey Vaughn for a little bit? Yep. Sure did. We're just riveting stuff again. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Did did, uh, did Michael Phelps ever have like a notable relationship? I just can't believe Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe were married. Were they? They, they got sure. married, and they were married for eight months. Would I learn sure. that if I watched the movie Blonde? <laughs> An eight-month no. marriage. Anyone Greg Norman and Chris Everett. No. That's a that's one. That is one. Golf yeah. and tennis. That's good. Oh, um, who's the the hockey player at Carrie Underwood's married to? Mike Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's something. Good for him. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> Mia Hamm and Nomar Garcia Para. Yes. Okay. Is that I, really? I wow. Yes. Yes. 
the next one on the yes. list. Yes. You should read that one. Phil Jackson and Jeannie Buss. <laughs> <laughs> this is on yardbarker.com. Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter and Hannah Davis. There we go. Dustin Johnson oh, and, and Paulina Gretzky. Yeah. But like How about David Justice and Halle yeah. Berry? Oh, yeah. Forgot Divorced that after a four-year marriage. There it is. <laughs> Surely there's a basketball player dating a female rapper. I would just say, any NBA player in a Kardashian, it should be Lamar Odom any and Khloe Kardashian. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's good stuff. Andy Roddick and Brooklyn Decker. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick. All right, show yeah. older, show yeah. contributor uh, Tom Peavy of... Uh, <laughs> Sent in Matt Martin of the New York Rangers married Sidney uh, Asiason, yeah, Boomer, Boomer Asiason's daughter. Yeah, I like it. Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, well, Tony Romo dated Jessica Simpson. Oh, it was the biggest thing for a whole football. The season. Cowboys yeah. quarterback right Romo right threw an eleven-yard completion now to the to the luxury <laughs> box to see how Jessica Simpson feels about it. Oh, Jessica Simpson's like flaunting her Romo jersey. How adorable! Back to the game. Troy Aikman's bloodshot red eyes look on. (laughs) I don't remember that. It was the entire season. Yeah. That was a fun year. That was a a fun uh, mid-2000s. Oh, no. They did my dog dirty here. Listen to this. Romo and Simpson began dating during the 2007 NFL season. I was about to say 2008. Just a year after Romo dropped a snap on a field goal attempt, which resulted in the Cowboys losing in the NFC playoffs. Why feel the need to put that in there? That's not necessary, yeah. He was down bad, man. Where they basically let me re, let me rephrase that for you. Basically, Jessica Simpson was dating this loser who messed it up for the Cowboys the year before. <laughs> yeah. That's what that that's what that paragraph actually. They broke says. up in two thousand nine, a two year relationship. Yeah. No, I oh yeah, it felt like longer than that. How much they showed them? How about this one? I is that Maria Sharapova yes. and Sasha Vujicic? Who? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, he was a the reserve Lakers. guard for the Lakers on their Kobe championship teams, like oh nine ten. She shooter. really fell off the face of the earth together she? for four years. <laughs> okay, good for them again. I do remember Jarrett Stoll and Aaron Andrews. They're still married. Okay, Jarrett Stoll played for oh, the L.A. Kings um, and won a couple of Stanley Christian Cup finals. Ponder and Samantha Ponder. Good ESPN. call. Well. Laura Rutledge, Josh Rutledge, well, former yeah. Rocky and Bama baseball player. True. I'll tell you another one. They're getting engaged. Ashley Brewer, who's on SportsCenter, and uh, Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Lindsey Vaughn and P.K. Subin. Sure. Did you remember that? Wow. Did not know that. Sure. Sudan. Sudan? Sudan? <laughs> no, not the country. Sudan. Not the country. Sudan. That's a dad. He just retired. He did. A very long, productive career in that. Caroline Wozniacki, she dated Roy McElroy, and then yeah. she also dated she gets David around Lee. A bit. She dated, dated who? David Lee. Yeah. Some people get around. That's it's a fine. 2016 NBA champion. 2015, I'm sorry. Yeah, Golden State with Warriors. With the Golden State yeah. Warriors. I did not, again, did not know that either. They're married. Again, oh, good for her. Again, I'll just, not, they're not getting around then. I'll just then. throw in any Kardashian and any NBA player. That's epic. That's a good segment. That sure. <laughs> Kardashians versus the NBA. <laughs> and what we just did was a good segment. I don't know if it was. D- define good. Yeah. Define. 
to find. It was certainly not productive. I think put so. it that way. Power rank. Dare you to lead off. Give with me your this top question. three. My top three. Yes. Uh, Justin Verlander, Kate Upton. Number one. Um, uh, Tony Romo, Jessica Simpson. That's a two. good one. Is there an under twenty-five um, women's athlete that DiCaprio could could date now? <laughs> three. Osaka. Dance me Swanson, Mallory Pugh. That's a good one. All right, we got to take a timeout. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. The Sports Call Podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts and join an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola tastes the feeling. I'm J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LeBoy and Brooks Childress, and we're so thrilled to go to our Auburn Bank phone line. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer is here with us, and Ferg joins us now on the program. Greetings, my friend. How are things? I'm all right. How are y'all? Doing okay. Trying to bounce back from this Atlanta Braves defeat today. Uh, Are you in the same boat there? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you play the first three innings, somewhat evenly you win that game um freed was terrible uh Dansby was terrible uh you left a bunch of dudes stranded and you still almost had a chance to win that game so you know it, it could have been a whole lot worse um Braves lost Braves lost the first game of the nlds last year and came back and won so there's hope but um this is the best pitching matchup they were going to get and they missed it so they're gonna have to be really good against wheeler and nola on the next two uh games of the series so but you know Good to see the bats kind of coming alive down the down the stretch. You needed that. Do you still have faith? Oh yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah, and and even if and even if I even if they lose this series, they still won the East over the Mets, and the Mets didn't get past the wild card round. So, you know, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> That's what we care about at the end of the day. That's exactly right. All right, uh, Auburn football. They went to Athens, Georgia, on Saturday, and uh, yeah, they lost by a lot of points. A lot of points in that game uh, on yeah. Saturday against Georgia. What'd you make of it? I mean, it kind of went like expected. Really, uh, I thought Auburn's defense held up pretty well early on in the first half. I felt like they could have gotten after Georgia because of some. You know, Georgia just hadn't been playing well and cleanly on offense the last couple of weeks, and they did that. But you know, it's, Auburn's offense can't sustain drives. Um, they shoot themselves in the foot too much. It's not a very efficient or very Consistent offense at either throwing the ball or running the ball this year. Um, they get whipped up front and in the second half. Uh, it really, I mean, just the fact that Georgia's deeper and better and stronger at the line of scrimmage just really wore Auburn down. Um, and then, you know, the second half, the defense just couldn't hold up. So, um, you know, pretty expected uh, for, for a game like this. Uh, you know, Auburn was a big underdog and didn't even cover the spread. So, like, that's that's kind of – Kind of went according to plan in this game. Um, 
but at least you had your defense kind of showing up there in the first half, and offense just didn't really help them out at all. Yeah, this offense, six games into the year, I know a lot of talk about the identity of this Auburn football offense. Uh, where do we stand with that, Ferg? Uh, I mean, I asked I asked Brian Arson that question yesterday, and he said the identity hasn't changed. Um, it's just they hadn't done it well, and so. I mean, they still. This still is an offense that hasn't changed from their philosophy from the beginning. They want to run the ball between the tackles. They want to use play action. They want to, you know, run a pro style, do some of everything kind of attack. And I just, I, you know, I, I really don't know what kind of offense you can call or what identity you can have when your offensive line is getting beaten like this pretty much every week. Uh, but I mean, even still, it just doesn't seem like they're adjusting or fixing or correcting anything that could. Uh, you know, maybe help out Robbie Ashford more, help out the running game. It's tough because, you know, they're sticking to their guns, which has kind of been their whole MO all year. Um, you go all the way back to February, where that's kind of been the thing for Brian Harson and the staff. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how much is going to change. And I don't know how much could change, even if they wanted to, because I mean, this offensive line's just against anybody competitive. Uh, you know, they're, they're just going to have a hard time making anything happen consistently. Do you think the offensive line is the biggest issue for uh, it? Just going into the year, we talk so much about okay, who's Auburn's best player on this team, and the clear answer was Tank Bigsby over and over and right. over again. And it's just we're not talking about Tank Bigsby at all this season, Ferg, and that's really a shame. Yeah, no, Tank. Tanks. I mean, uh, there's a stat I had today that was uh, Tank Bigsby is like the difference between his yards after contact and his total yards is like thirty something yards, maybe twenty something yards. He's having to do everything after contact. Uh, he's getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on pretty much every play. He's averaging less than a yard per attempt uh, before contact. Um, there really isn't another running back in the country that's getting hit as, as frequently behind the line of scrimmage as this dude is. Uh, Auburn's offensive line is in the bottom ten in the country in pretty much every run blocking category you can find out there. Uh, there's only so much you can do if you're Tank Bigsby to, you know, uh, if you're getting hit deep into the backfield and when you're playing good teams like Georgia, like I don't know how much more he could do. And um, again, it's like I was saying, you could, if you're Auburn's like maybe you do some more design runs with Robbie Ashford, maybe you hit the outside more frequently, you do all that stuff. But like at the end of the day, if you can't run the ball between the tackles with one of the best running backs you've had in a while, it's just it's hard for you to do much of anything. So yeah, for Tank, it's like. I mean, a lot of people are sitting there thinking that this season's a disappointment or whatever. It's just like I, I, the numbers say this dude's get this dude's making more happen after contact than pretty much anybody else in the country, um, and and he's having to do it all on his own. And so, um, you know, Jarquez Hunter benefits a little bit more getting out in space. Uh, I think he's got more top level speed, you know, when he hits when he hits that gear. But even still, he's not getting a lot much out of it either. So uh, it's just it's just a bat all the way around, and it's it's really. I think it's going to go down whenever Tank's done. It's like, you know, you don't want to say his years were wasted here completely, but, like, man, he he, he will not have played right. behind a good offensive line at Auburn. So moving forward, we know this offensive line has been, has been terrible and the offense at large has not been good. Uh, and, and the we just talked about Tank Bigsby and not being able to get him loose. So how should Auburn approach the second half of the season, not just against Ole Miss, but what kind of play calling needs to go in order? What what can you do 
Uh, I know it's it, – or is there anything you can do at this point with, with knowing that the offensive line has been really bad? How, how do you evaluate what Auburn should be doing in the, in the second half offensively? It's kind of the same thing I've said for the last few weeks. It's, you know, spread the field out. You know, try to manipulate space and matchups as much as you can, and 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 let Robbie Ashford kind of operate from there. Don't put as many under center sets. You know, multi tight ends. It's just not working. It just it just isn't. Um, you know, when when teams can load the box on Auburn, or when they feel like they have to put more guys in the box against Auburn, they just they just shred them on the ground, and the pass rush gets home a lot frequently, a lot more frequently. So. I mean, Ashford's at his best when he's operating in space. I think they should, you know, design some more runs for him. Maybe get Tank Bigsby out to the outside a little bit more. Hit the perimeter, and, and you know, Brian Harson talked a little bit about some of the, those things on uh, on Monday. But you know, again, uh, if if you can't run block or pass block, it's going to be hard for you to do pretty much anything. Um, so I think it's just one of those things where. You play out in space, you maybe get a little bit faster pace a little bit to, to complement your quarterback and just make the most of it. Um, but, you know, six games in the year, you are what you are at this point. And, and, I mean, it's not like Auburn's offensive line is getting any better. In fact, they're only going backwards, I think, as they're playing better teams and they're having to deal with injuries at this point. So, Justin, obviously this Auburn team was able to upset Ole Miss last year, and Ole Miss had uh, its one of its best years of its program. But that Auburn team had a lot more fight and a lot more ability at that point in the season and was obviously playing its best football last year. But how? what can Auburn take from that game that can kind of go into trying and slow down Lane Kiffin's offense, given that they don't have as good of quarterback play as they did last year, but obviously this Ole Miss team still looks uh, the part of a really good football team? Yeah, I think I – think what you can learn from last year's game is Auburn won that game on defense. Um, Ole Miss had, I think it was like three or four turnover on downs. You stopped them on fourth down a bunch, forced a turnover late, a lot of punts, some three and outs. I mean, Auburn scored early in that game and then I mean, coasted in the second half, couldn't get anything going on offense. The defense won that game, and that's going to be what you're going to have to do in this game. Um, you know, the problem is, is that Ole Miss's offensive line's a lot better than they were last year. Uh, they've only given up two sacks this season, um, so they've done a really good job of like keeping the pressure off of Jackson Dart. Uh, they're running the ball exceptionally well, even better than they did last season. Zach Evans, Quinshaw Jackets have been really good, um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tough game for for Auburn's uh, defense because Ole Miss uh, is is kind of firing on all cylinders on that side of the ball, so. Auburn's hoping this game is it's a sloppy, low-scoring, ugly eleven o'clock game that you can able you could you know pull out with some big plays of your own on offense, maybe force some turnovers on defense, big plays on special teams. That's kind of the lesson you have to take because this Ole Miss team is better than the team that played Auburn last year. I know Ole Miss was really good last season; they're even better. They're playing better on offense. They're much better on the offensive line, and their defense is miles better than they were last year. So it's going to be really really tough. But it's like your best-case scenario is kind of like how we said Auburn's best-case scenario has been in some of these games here recently. It was like if it's ugly, low-scoring, and the defense can lead, lead you, you maybe have a chance because it's just you can't bank on this offense and put very many points on the board right now. Justin, I know that Coach Harson was asked about this yesterday in his presser, but I want to get your opinion on it. Tigers lead the country in fumbles this year, and that's, that's yep. never a good stat. What do you think needs to happen for this Tigers team to you know, kind of get over that fumble bug? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something they work on. I mean, ball, ball security is something you work on all the time. Um, 
Yeah, I, Robbie Ashford is just loose with the ball running it. I mean, we just have seen that this year. They have not been on the same page with kind of the meshes and stuff like that. And so, you know, fumbles, like turnovers are a function of luck. Fumbles are when you lose them. But if you put the ball on the ground as much as Auburn does, and like you said, they lead the nation and fumbles. They haven't lost. I think they've only lost less than half of them. That's gonna like that's gonna add up after a while. So um, yeah, I mean it's just like take better care of the football and and a lot of it is Robbie Ashford. A lot of it's Auburn's quarterbacks. Um, Ashford's got to get better at controlling the ball and like the he can be dynamic in the open field. He can run. He can scramble. He can keep plays alive. You're gonna have to take the bad with the good with him. Um, but like this is something he's just got to tighten up on a young quarterback uh, who can be loose with the ball. It's just it's pretty pretty tough to see. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer is here with us. If you will, sir, I'd love for you to give a plug for the Auburn Observer, and then I want to get off the walls a little bit with you for a moment. So uh, what's coming up at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, so today we had a story on um, just how much Ole Miss and Auburn has changed since that last game they played against each other. Auburn's 3-8 and eight since they played Ole Miss last year. Ole Miss is 10-1. and one. only loss <laughs> they had was a game where uh, Matt Corral got hurt. Uh, so that ought to tell you something. Um, you know, they're just, it's just two teams going in opposite directions. Did a story yesterday on, uh, Auburn's negative play and penalty problems and how much those kill drives. And it's like self inflicted stuff. If Auburn just cuts down on their self inflicted stuff, I feel like they could be a better offense. Maybe not a great offense, but, you know, definitely better. Uh, Auburn basketball pro day is tomorrow. Uh, I'll have something from that on Thursday. We'll preview of the Auburn Ole Miss game. Uh, in the podcast on Thursday, got a mailbag on Friday, and then coverage. I'll be in Oxford this weekend for whatever goes down between Auburn and Ole Miss. So, ton of stuff there, auburnobserver.com. Sign up there. I, I love being a part of the Auburn Observer community. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a great deal that I get to be a part of such a great community. All right, so um, I like to think I'm good at this radio show thing from time to time, Ferg. However, sure. earlier um, – I almost introduced you or, you know, teased our segment coming up with you as Justin Verlander. Uh, one, has that ever happened before to you? No, I don't think I've ever I – don't, I, I don't think I've ever been called Justin Verlander. You know, it's tough because, as you all know, um, I'm one of three Justins on the Auburn beat. <laughs> and so we all kind of – it all kind of runs together at times. And um, I don't know, though, if Verlander's ever been one I've been – Although um, last time I checked, I think, think the Mariners were still winning. Yes, uh, are they? Yeah. So Verlander's not off to a great start today. Tell you, man, these guys, these guys have these these teams that have these long layoffs. These these pitchers uh, that have had that have had long layoffs. They just didn't get off to a good start. I mean, like Garrett Cole's going tonight, and I'm. I'm I'm afraid he might get get smacked around a little bit by Cleveland. So, to which our conversation continued, and again, we talked about the tough outing that Verlander had today, but it's still got to be pretty cool to be Justin Verlander. Brooks says, what's cool about being Justin Verlander? I'd add that, you know, he's married to Kate Upton. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so then we start talking about celebrity couples, okay? Okay. And I just... I, this is what I learned today. To be specific, mm-hmm. sports celebrity couples. Sports okay. celebrity right. couples, yes. So, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and Sierra, we've talked about them. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf was one. Zach and mm-hmm. Julie Ertz. Drew mm-hmm. Holiday is married to Lauren Holiday, who's on the mm-hmm. United States women's soccer team. Uh, Tony Romo 
had a relationship with Jessica Simpson, and I yep. just missed that year of my life. Did you know this? Really? I mean, you were like five when that happened, probably. Um, Twelve. That was definitely a thing. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of other ones that um, that say is is Dave Swanson still. Uh, yeah, with yeah, still dating Mallory P or engaged or something. Yes, yes, yeah. they are still together. That's good, yes, that's a good combo. Even though Dan's we sucked today, um, <laughs> Mal is really good. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's yeah, but yeah, the the Romo and Des- that was like when like Romo was like at the peak of his powers as a as a Cowboys quarterback, and it was like, well, he's got to be good. He plays quarterback for the Cowboys. Well, so, it, so I uh, I was looking at a list put together by yardbarker.com. Um, been there once, I guess. Uh, and they mention, yes, they're dating, and they start dating after Tony Romo's fumble on the field goal attempt in mm. the playoffs. And I'm like, that's how you're introducing the guy that's dating Jessica Simpson. That's just tough, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Dallas Cowboys, and it's kind of weird because it's like I think the Dallas Cowboys have won like two playoff games in my lifetime. It's so wild because they get so much attention, and they're the most valuable sports franchise in North America, they might be the world. It's either them or like Barcelona or Real Madrid. Uh-huh. I can't remember? And it's, but it's like, yeah, like it's it's crazy because like the Lakers have won t- stuff in my lifetime. The Yankees have won stuff in my lifetime. Even the Knicks have, <laughs> oh, maybe not the Knicks, but uh, like all these teams where they get so much attention and so much notoriety because of their size and their wealth. And then there's the Cowboys, and it's just like, yeah, man, I've watched the Cowboys just be kind of average most of my life. Mr. Lavoy, will you rehash television coverage of Tony Romo playing for the Cowboys while dating Jessica Simpson? Oh, yeah. No, it was like, here's this 11-yard completion to get it to midfield, and let's go to the luxury box to see what yeah, Jessica yeah. Simpson thinks about that. Oh, she's shaking her Tony Romo <laughs> Cowboy jersey. Now, back to the Cowboys being down by a touchdown. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, it's very accurate. Very accurate. Uh, P.K. Subban is with Lindsey Vaughn. What's up? P.K. Subban is in a relationship with Lindsey Vaughn. She's like yeah. the skier, isn't she? Is that what yeah. she does? Lindsey Vaughn yes. was, with Tiger, was with Tiger Woods at one point. Wow. Well. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. Um, yeah. Thanks for going off the walls with us a little bit, man. I'm fascinated yeah, by well, celebrity sports weird. couples. It was yeah, weird. weird. I'm sorry, but you're a good sport. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I could bring absolutely nothing to that segment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll ask about it in the mailbag on Friday and to which oh, you won't God. put it in there. So, all right. <laughs> Ferg, thank you so much for the time as always. We'll talk again soon, okay? Yeah, y'all be good. All right. That's Justin Ferguson joining us here on the program. Did he like that? No. Questionable no. at best. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be lucky to have him on next week. (laughs) (laughs) We lost that privilege of having him on the program. He's going to be busy. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten about Drew Holiday and Lauren Holiday, another United States soccer player, and Drew Holiday plays in the National Basketball Association. You know, uh, Justin did say, you know, Dansby, she's in a relationship even though Dansby didn't do well. Well, the U.S. women's national team didn't do well today either, so they're just trying to keep on par with their athletic abilities today. Do you know who this fella is? Serena Williams' husband, so Alexis, Alexis Ohanian? Ohanian. No, I don't know that hockey player. Sir, Serena Williams' husband. He's the co-founder. Oh. And CEO of Reddit. Oh. Okay. Didn't see that one coming. How about that. I didn't read that one. That's pretty good. Okay. Good All right. Then. Tell me sure. something I, fun, Brooks. 
Um, that this segment's about yeah. to be over? <laughs> Hopefully. I know I'm not Brooks, but I just... Kyle Tucker's 0 for 2 with a line out on a strikeout. We got 15 seconds. All right. Um, upstairs, ball one. <laughs> yeah, just Brooks, just give us some play-by-play of Mariners, Astros. I, when they... Mariners, or the Astros Servando had a Carrasco and Alex Morgan. Who is their relief pitcher? Carrasco uh, is a midfielder for the LA Galaxy in the MLS, and Alex Morgan for stars for, yeah. the for the United the States women's soccer they a, team. They have a relief pitcher with oh, the last name of Abreu. Abreu. Gold well, his, medal winner. He had a beat. And remember, I was Mia like, Hamm Abreu? and uh, Nomar wow. Garcia-Para. Good stuff. Oh, right are you there. still talking? Yeah, I was. Oh, it's sorry. okay. We were conversing over here. All right, uh, we've reached the end of the hour. Wow, we did wow. it. Wow, thank God. All right, we got some more sports reset. stuff. Yep, sports. reset, reset, reset. We got to reset. We got to reset. All right, we're gonna do that after this, alongside Brooks Lavoy and Ryan Childress. Just kidding, Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoy. I'm JJ I'm not Jackson. Back. Two hours in the books, and we are. Rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. We've had a very exciting show today, and we'll continue talking about all things going on in the wide world of sports, and we love getting off topic every now and again as well. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line, Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 As we go to the phone lines, joining us on the program is Daryl from Auburn. Daryl has called into Sports Call. Hello, Daryl. Hey, um, I want to get your. I want to talk about Bruce Pearl and uh, his surgery. I don't know if you knew about that. I read it in the paper today. He had surgery with one of his basketball players. They both had arthroscopic uh, knee surgery. Did you know about that? Yes, with Chance Westry. Yes. Okay. What's the and player's was, name? I, I can't remember. I read it in the OA News today. Yeah, um, the player's name was Chance Westry, and then and then Bruce Pearl was having surgery uh, alongside with him. Yeah. They said, let's okay, go under good. the knife together. If we both got to do this, why not get it, get it, knock it out at the same time? Well, it's probably better than knee replacement surgery, which I'm putting off and I don't want to do. But anyway. Oh, uh, no. Going back. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just sort of getting by. I don't want to. I've had shoulder surgery, which is because uh, the construction accident was kind of devastating. It limited my mobility. I don't want to go with that. 
my knees. Yeah, anyway, I've uh, had the ACL done before on the knee, and that's uh, never fun to have to put your knee under the knife. Well, uh, long story short, this is kind of a personal thing. Uh, when I first got out of surgery, I couldn't even open a pickle jar. And then uh, I'm sort of like John McCain. I can barely uh, raise my right arm to a certain height. I don't know if you remember John McCain. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I hate to hear uh, that, man. Well, uh, uh, I've, I've been blessed. I mean, uh, in that accident, uh, a, a fracture my skull, concussion, and then, um, Daryl, you know, wow! Yeah. I did not realize that, man. That's yeah, terrifying. That was, was in 2017 um, in, in Oregon. Digressing on you know, in Oregon, I was, uh, I, I, was uh, I was switching out equipment for uh, Crib Corporation. They have all the local friends, subway franchises, and uh, my last thought was, uh, I need to get a taller ladder. And I woke up in the ambulance. Did you say that was in Oregon? Is that what you said? No, no, no. Uh, It's red and buggy uh, here in Auburn. Okay. I was fortunate. The store clerk just happened to hear me fall. I was behind all these dust claws and uh, whatever. And then uh, I woke up in the hospital. Sheesh. That's how I ended up working at Waffle House five years ago. I couldn't (laughs) even pick up a piece of sheet. Uh, But the reason I called is I want to get your thoughts. And uh, on um, somebody mentioned that uh, the coach may have not fulfilled his contractual obligations and may not be entitled to a buyout. What do you think? What do you know about that? I know that that's obviously something that uh, I think they want to fight for. Anytime you can find a way to not have to pay somebody a lot of money that is owed, uh, you're going to try and, and turn every corner that you can but and, and flip every stone. I just don't know that to be true necessarily. I don't know to what degree they would be able to argue that uh, for the most part when Coach Harson has been asked to go to certain things. He's been there uh, from what we know and that sort of thing. But if they start to make that argument, then maybe we don't know everything that we suspect we do. Well, you know, evidently he still goes to Bob Hires back grill every Thursday. You know, so I guess he's. Uh, I'm sure he's talked to his agent and his attorneys. Uh, and, and I, I think at this point, you know, we just want to, you know, sign the check and be done with it, and not drag it out. Uh, but anyway, and then we don't have a permanent athletic director. That may not may that may be an issue too because it's um, the athletic director is interim. So you know, who's to say? Right. Yeah, we got to figure out who that next athletic director is going to be. You're exactly right. That's an important hire that needs to be made. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm, the previous athletic director, yeah, he needed to go. But with the coaching situation, it would have been better if we just, I think, if they had waited. But, you know, I'm not one to make those decisions or question it. So, But anyway, I was just throwing that out there for topic of discussion. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Everything else going okay for you? Yeah, um, ordinarily I'd be upset because uh, um, two of the games have been at like lunchtime, and then I'm missing them because I have to work at the restaurant. You know, but, <laughs> I don't really care. I just listen to the uh, uh, after uh, the post game show, and uh, you know. I didn't get to watch the football game last week, and I'm sort of glad. I'm glad I got to listen to it on the radio, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's been painful to see all that, you know. Yeah, and playing at 11 a.m. on Saturday. we got to wake up early, but uh, you'll be at the Waffle House, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get up at 6, and then um, 
the last time we had a, a game that conflicted with my work schedule was Mizzou State. I didn't didn't the thing about the restaurant is I don't you don't get to listen to the game. You don't have you know five TVs and like little Italy's and some of these sports bars. You know, but uh, and I got home just in time to hear the turnover. You know, which was good. And I listened to the post game show and heard all the stats and our performance and I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't get to see that. So, uh, but it is what it is, you know, and I, I, I'm not really hot on uh, Hugh Freeze, you know, I wish we could get Lane Kiffin, but, you know, I don't know if he's unhappy. I, evidently, he was unhappy with the attendance or something. I'm not sure what was going on at Ole Miss. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what takes place. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was hoping that uh, for my birthday yesterday that he had been fired, but he didn't. Happy belated <laughs> birthday, dear. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm 59. I got three more years so I get my Social Security check. <laughs> did, you say, did you say 59? Yes. All right. Happy 59th birthday, Daryl. Yeah, you're getting closer to that Social Security check. That'll be nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a, a daughter called and wished me happy birthday and then a former insurance agent gave me a birthday card, so all's good. <laughs> that is perfect, man. That's great. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I don't want to occupy too much of your time, but I just uh, want to put that uh, contractual obligation or maybe we can... Yeah, no, I, I just I, I don't I don't know that there's going to be a way to... I think you got to pay a buyout. A buyout's a buyout. So, uh, But okay. if, if they want to make a change like this, that's what they're going to have to do. Alright, well, I'll, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Can't wait. Yeah, give us a call tomorrow. To you, but I'll listen to you tomorrow. So. Give us a call. If something pops in your mind, give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. Okay. Well, seriously, okay. happy belated birthday, Daryl. We hate that we missed okay. that. We do birthdays every day, and I would have given you a shout out if I had known. Okay. And then uh, one of your uh, co-workers, you described that he didn't have a truck, or somebody said he didn't have a truck because he didn't have a bed. Oh, so yeah. Yesterday, I was saying everybody that on the show has a truck. Today, I'm joined by a couple of uh, car drivers, but uh, yesterday it was everybody with trucks. And Tom, uh, his he, he sometimes gets a lot of hate, I reckon, uh, for the bed in his truck. But I look at it and I'm like, nope, that's a truck to me. Well, what what is it? Uh, uh, like El Camino? What does he have, guys? What does uh, what does Tom have? It's like a Honda truck, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's like a Honda. It's like a short bed truck. A short bed is kind of what I would I would say. Oh, I remember when those came out. Actually, it's called a Honda Ridgeline. Uh, actually, that's a good vehicle. You know, I think you're right. I think it is a Honda Ridgeline. It is. Yeah, they they built. It. I don't know if they still build them. They built them at least four or five years. You know, and then. I get something behind me on some of these roads, back roads, and it's a big F-250, F-350, or whatever, with the big wheels, and they're flashing their lights and want to pass me, you know. It's like, I sort of just ease to the side of the road. Come on, go, go, go. (laughs) (laughs) You still have your truck? Do you still have your truck? Yeah, it's it's an old 76 Dodge. uh, That's an old Army truck. Um, It goes, it starts. That's all we need. That's all we yeah. need. It doesn't go in reverse, but I don't want to go in reverse. I just want to go forward. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. That's, uh, is that ever problematic, not being able to go in reverse? Nah, just, you just got to plan ahead, you know, where you park and stuff. Right. 
And, and then if, before I look at a job, uh, I make sure, well, you know, I don't have a reverse. You know, is there a place I can turn around your driveway? You know, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'm not going to spend at this point. In my life. You know, back when uh, I was younger and the kids were in daycare, yeah, I had brand new trucks. But at this point, you know. If it gets the care. job done, it gets the job done. Yeah, yeah it's paid for. Yeah, so. You can't complain about I paid, that. Well, I paid 600 bucks for it. It cost me about, I don't know, 300 a year in maintenance to keep it up, so. There you go. There you go. Well, it's so good to hear from you today, Daryl. My personal life, but I just want to uh, bring the uh, uh, the hiring uh, contract. Absolutely. Absolutely. And happy belated birthday again. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. All right. That's uh, Daryl from Auburn joining us on the program. We need to take a commercial break up against one right now on the program. We continue next here on Sports Call. of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guy. All right, welcome back to it. It is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. Thanks again to Daryl for giving us a call a moment ago. On this fine program, 334-887-3401. And Brooks, the Yo. MLB playoffs started today they with the division a, series. Uh, disappointing start for Braves fans as they fell 7-6 to to the Phillies. But for the rest of baseball fans outside of the city of Houston, it's it's going well. They, the, the Mariners just had an error, question mark? It's just, this hard-hit ball went off of his wrist. What are you scoring Single? that, Brooks? I mean, I, I was going to score it an error, but Ryan shook his head vehemently, so I'm going to give him a single. What are you scoring <laughs> that, Ryan? I think it's a single, yeah. Tr- tricky hop, diving play. Um, I Vasquez. Think You're giving him the credit. Okay. It's, I didn't uh, see the play. Okay. Describe it for me. Again, well, Brooks kind of described it, but again, it was a soft line drive. It took a short hop on the first base when he was diving. It went off his glove as he dove. So, I mean. Trickled into right field. And seven to three Mariners, though. I can bottom seven. Tell you based off the box score, that play was ruled a hit. All right, there we go. Um, you got the uh, the Guardians and the uh, Yankees coming up a little bit later on. After Who do you this think wins done. that series? I mean, you'd be hard pressed not to say the Yankees, but as Ryan said, the best better team doesn't always win in the playoffs. Right. So the the in the the Indians, the Guardians kind of got hot there in that uh, that. DS series or the the wild card series, and so you never know what could happen. Well, they got hot with their pitching. They True. obviously did not hit as they were in a zero zero game in the fifteenth inning. <laughs> I, there was a point in the Auburn game that I was considering flipping it over to that game and fin- watching that one. That but, was insane, like a scoreless yeah. game until the fifteenth. Yeah, 
And then you've got the uh, the Dodgers and the Padres in an NL West showdown later tonight. Later on tonight, I think didn't they say Clayton Kershaw's going in Game Two? Urias is today. I know yeah. he's Game One starter. I think I think they announced Kershaw's Game Two starter. Who do you think is going to win that series, Brooks? Again, you'd be hard pressed not to say the Dodgers because they seem like they're the best team in baseball. And but the Padres got some juice from that Mets series, and so. I, I think it's less likely that the the Padres come in and win it because you look at you know you say home field advantage, but the Dodgers are going to take over uh, Petco Park down down south because they they literally call it uh, uh, what is it Dodger Stadium South. They they go down there and they take over usually, and so I, I would say the Dodgers, but you never know. What would you have answered if I said Brooks? Who do you think is going to take the Phillies and Braves series? I would say the Braves because okay. I think the Braves are uh, a better team than the Phillies. But I thought you were going to say you'd be hard pressed not to take the Braves because you used hard pressed with all of your other series. Other, there was two others. Okay, you didn't ask you me went, about this one. You went too far. Okay, Brooks. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the Mariners Astros? You'd be hard pressed not to take the Astros. You know, they're they're a really good baseball team, one of the better ones in the in the major leagues in the American League. But you know, the, the Mariners got hot. Yeah, they got hot. What'd you guys think of Week Five NFL action? Your team's got wins. Well, you'd be hard pressed not <laughs> to talk about about the refereeing of some of these games. Your comedic timing is always so sensational, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> That was um, awesome. The Panthers fired their head coach. Yeah, yeah, well, they should have at the end of last year. But Tepper spent a what a seven year deal on Matt Rule. Yes, and the Panthers have not been managed very well. They they had the whole thing blow up in South Carolina where they're trying to build a new facility and the city was not helping them fund it like they said they would. So Tepper had to scratch plans there. I saw. I don't. This ties in Tepper. Uh, the manager that he hired for. Uh, Charlotte didn't last what fourteen months or yeah. something. Matches fourteen, no, 14 matches. Even better. <laughs> yeah. So he's off to a rocky he start. He tried to move the MLS there. headquarters to Charlotte, North Carolina, and that fell through. That's, Yikes. Okay. So yeah, I I think Carolina is just an example of a poorly coached team. I don't think their roster's awful. I, I think that they, given that they played really good defense last year, given that on offense DJ Moore, uh, Robbie Anderson are solid wide receivers that McCaffrey is still talented they just they're not well coached and they've gotten poor quarterback play that's preventing them from being a, a, a 500 type of team so there's that and I you know I was I, I was obviously in Tampa on Sunday so I didn't see how some of these games finished but I was surprised again to see more missed kicks in, in late situations in the in the Cleveland game uh, I know that they missed a a 52 53 yarder um, I think there was a missed kick. Uh, there was a missed kick in another game, they, a Cardinals game, um, where they had like a 30-something yarder and missed it for the tie. So that's been a reoccurring theme. Um, really just – again, I'm going to mention kickers too much, but uh, every we time they fail. We should do a monthly prediction on how many missed field goals we think there will be. Oh, Brutal. That that would be just a crapshoot of of a number guess. And sometimes but. we have to do crapshoot of number yeah. guesses well, on monthly true. predictions. Well, we can, and that's just yeah. a unique idea that we've never done sure. before. But it is topical this season because you sure. brought it up. You'd sure. be hard pressed not to bring it up. Or you could do game winning kicks or but yeah, miss kicks. Sure. No it, love for my comedic timing. I liked it. 
choir I didn't pop, even, I glossed right over it. Honestly, I glossed right over it. What was your right comedic timing? I, I said, was you'd texting. Be, I said you'd be hard pressed not to bring up yeah, the uh, you would. not to add the <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What NFL thoughts did you have, Brooks? Um, I'm still out. I'm still not convinced of the Patriots because I know they're. I know they shut down the the top scoring yeah. offense this past week and then shut them out. I'm still just scared about what what happens there. Um, the Bills still look really good. Like they just they continue to look really good. Um, I don't know what else happened this weekend. Uh, the Eagles eking out a win out in, in Arizona. Uh, they continue to look good. Um, Pittsburgh is just absolutely falling off a cliff, haven't they? I mean, it's they're not they're not the same team we've seen in the last few years. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think about what, what else uh, happened this weekend. Um, Garoppolo is fine. Yeah, he's fine. He beat the Panthers. He did beat the Panthers. Um, Taysom Hill did some things for Taysom the Saints. Taysom Hill did do some things for the Saints. That was a that Andy was a Dalton long game. That was a long. That game. was a long game because it was. I think all the noon games got over, and that's still we six minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're exactly one. right. Like, we looked over and we said, "What is going on there?" Um, the that, Texans and Jaguars are yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's just. But are the Jaguars bad? You know, they beat the Chargers last week. It's it's the the AFC South's just bad. It's just a conundrum of anybody can win that if they get hot enough. And by hot enough, I mean beat the other teams in their Let division. me ask a big question here, okay? The Chiefs looked good. Just one simple question. Is there parity in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want a simple answer? answer? Yeah. Okay, good. Mike Leach is at Mississippi State, so there's no parity. Get it, pirate, parrot. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, what is that? Because was, was that I mean, a debate for people? No, I, not. I'm well, just. It's like, hey, the 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 Texans and Jaguars are awful this past weekend, but then they beat the Chargers, and you know we're just seeing. I, I think up to a certain level, there's parity, but I think there's a few teams that are just elite steps teams. Above, yeah. I think you know you put like the Bills up there. You could put the Buccaneers up there when they're fully healthy. You can put the um, the Chiefs up there. there there's. Do a you few adopt teams. any given Sunday? I, I would. I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday, even on, especially on Monday night. Well, and I think it always looks more perilous in the first half of the year because teams don't know who they are yet and no one's eliminated, yeah. right? I mean, you know, you had you will event, you will have teams at the end of the year, and I think we see a couple of them forming right now, but you will have teams of the year that will finish 4-13, and 13, you know, Maybe three and fourteen, and you'll say they're really bad teams, and they but they beat someone early, and someone early will lament that. And we talked about that in our team previews. I keep going back to this, but the Jets beat the Bengals and they beat the Titans last year. And the Jets, I think, won four games, but two of them were against the one seed and the team that went to the Super Bowl. So I think it always looks a little murky to some degree early. Now, I think because there's so much talent in the league, there are more teams right now at the top, whereas um, you, you think seven or eight years ago, you kind of just assume that the Patriots and the Broncos and maybe the Steelers would be at the top of the AFC, and that's it. And then – you know, you, you maybe had a revolving door in the NFC a little bit, but now this year, 
I don't know if you can be truly confident of any one team. Of course, the Patriots went had their own dynasty, so that maybe is a unique case. But I think you're looking at three or four or five teams in the AFC that look really good, that still have the potential to go to the Super Bowl. And then the NFC, I think you have three to four or five teams that could be good, that are not playing their best right now, but that are not very separate from each other. And so I think in that way – there is a lot of parity because there's no clear front runners in my estimation. Like you can love the chiefs and bills all you want, but that doesn't mean, I mean, right there, the Bengals won it last year, right? That doesn't mean they're, they're locks because even Baltimore, I still think is good. I, I don't want to give up on Cincinnati yet. Um, you got to You got to say if Tua is healthy, Miami looked different this year. And then you still got to ask yourself about the Chargers at the end of the day. When Deshaun Watson gets back, does the Browns look a little bit better? Because they've been fighting. Yeah, that's fair. They've been fighting and been pretty darn competitive. They've lost a couple games they might regret in the end. Uh, you, you think about this Chargers game, they really feel like they could have won. I mean, they threw a pick in the end zone, down two, a couple minutes left, then missed another field goal. Got off the, to a 17 nothing lead Right, lost. the Atlanta game is might haunt them. Like they, They'll have games that might haunt them, but – you know, ultimately Cleveland's good. Good, so it's still kind of early. We're still figuring things out, but yeah, there's a lot of talent in the league right now, and that makes for parity. And you could also, you know, his, he pointed out, or Ryan has say he Ryan pointed out, people can't see us. Um, that you know, there's there's teams that could have had some big wins, and then you get at the end of the year, and it's like, oh well, they finished with four or five wins. The other side of that, you could have a team like. You know, I know that there's a lot of preseason hype around the Broncos. Maybe they figure it out coming down the stretch, and it looked they looked terrible early. Where you're just please don't put them again on national TV. At the end of the year, maybe they're sniffing a playoff, not initially getting in there, but maybe they turn around and figure things out going down the stretch. Maybe it, maybe some you know someone that's been bad early figures it out, and it, they look better at the end of the year. Well, they're a, they're a Russell Wilson looking like Russell Wilson of the last decade away from that happening, yeah. right? Because as much as they are a laughing stock right now, and I've told you guys I don't want to see them near a primetime slot, and yet here Monday they are on Monday football. night. They've looked offensively inept, to say the very least. The reality is, is well, as you said, if it turns out that Russell Wilson is not declining or is not washed and that it's just simply getting accustomed to everything that's new, and week 10, all of a sudden he throws for 330, three touchdowns, the Broncos score 30 points and win, whoever they're playing, I don't know, but – if that starts to happen, that's as simple as it gets because their defense is really good, and that is that is a fact. But, you know, I, I I think we are starting to figure out some bottom teams, but I'm not starting – I'm really not figuring out teams that I can just write off as not being able to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because, again, you would be tempted like a team like Cincinnati at two and three – but you look at their losses and, and how weird the Pittsburgh game was, knowing that they were neck and neck in Baltimore on Sunday night. Like that's not a team I feel like in five weeks you can write off. Now maybe in ten weeks if they're four and six, yeah, you can write that off. But uh, I still I don't think we're quite far enough to say there's only a couple teams in each conference that can advance. Looking forward to the weeks to come in the national football season. Looking forward to Steve Wilkes taking over as the Panthers' interim head coach. Maybe um, they can have some interim coach can't magic. Can't be worse. Yeah, we need uh, P.J. Walker will be the quarterback for Sunday. They Maybe do not it can. Have a, yeah. They do not have a backup quarterback right now. 
on Would the roster. Would you like Garrett Gilbert? He went back to the practice squad. Might need to find one of those. Yeah, might need it. Um, all right, let's take a break. Our show winds down after this. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Winding down Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show here today. J.J. Jackson with Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. All right, gentlemen, let's get ready to get out of here on today's show. You ready, Brooks? Yo. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. All right. Go ahead, Brooks. All right. Your Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Head over to TK's convenience stores. Pick up a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzers. I enjoy don't the, have to choose. The, the Black Cherry. Yeah. I've recently had that. It's not terrible. Mango, more my speed. I just, if you get a variety pack, you don't have to only choose one. Yeah. You can have a couple of different you selections. Can, there's a thing. there's some grocery stores around town that have them individually. You can build your own variety pack, too. Like, you can buy the, just That's the very cans, creative. So I like that. Go, Shout go out to those. White Claw. Yeah. Uh, TV tonight, six, uh, starting at 6 o'clock on Freeform. It's spooky season. So that means we've got a Halloween movie for you. But it's it's a family Halloween movie. It's Hotel Transylvania, Not Adam Sandler. A good movie, but I, I like it. It's, you know it is Adam I've Sandler and all of his best friends. Yeah, I've fun. seen the movie. And it's, but in it's an animated, animated way. For, yeah. yeah, I've seen it. You've seen it? I've seen it. I, you've seen it. it. I've seen it. One of your you've favorite movies it. ever? Yeah. No. Okay. okay. Uh, also tonight, 705 on Stars. I'm you're just not the biggest Halloween guy. Like the that one's an anime. It's not a. It's I not know. A I'm scary just saying movie. in yeah. general. I'm just not the biggest Halloween guy. CeeLo okay. Green is in this one. His one and only appearance in the Hotel Transylvania series. Okay. okay. I forgot that. Uh, 7:05 p.m. on Stars. Thor: The Dark World is your Marvel one of your Marvel picks for the evening. The other one's at 8:30 on Sci-Fi. Doctor Strange. I'm still working my way through the Marvel series. We're still in a uh, Moon Knight. You'll get there. Now, next maybe. year. Maybe. Well, maybe not even. And then next you year. won't be there anymore. No. It's next year. Uh, sports picks for you this evening, starting at 6:30 on ESPN. Hockey's back. Let's go, yeah. Opening night, hockey. Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the New York Rangers at 6.30 on ESPN. Follow that up at 9 o'clock on ESPN. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. All right. First time and only time the Kings will be on national TV because they're not that good anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, no, also tonight, you've got playoff baseball coming up here in about, what, 35, 40 minutes. Yankees-Guardians game one. It's Cal uh, Quantrill for the uh, 
Guardians taking on Garrett Cole for the Yankees. Cole, 13-8 with 350 ERA, 257 strikeouts you know in the regular season. Do you know what the people want to know? What does the people want to know? Do we have any college football during this Yankee series? Uh, well, no. Yes, Thursday night. Thursday night? Because they have a, the UCF? American League has a day off. UCF's going to play Temple? Yes. So imagine this. It's second and seven, UCF trying oh, no. to score in the red zone. And you know what we're going to do? Aaron Judge is coming to the plate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, I was they will really, not do that anymore. I was but. really confused on where you were going with yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. It was I a, had no idea. It was a, I, it was a slow wind I up. said, do they do they have a bad record in I was, the I, playoffs when college football games were at the same time? Well, Judge did not it, have a good record it, of batting. It was, while it was creative. I just did not know where you were going. I was going to say there's fun belt action tomorrow night, but okay. the Yankees, the, the American League gets a day off tomorrow. Yeah. They play again Thursday. Also tonight, Padres-Dodgers game one at 835 on FS1. Mike Clevenger had a good outing in the uh, the, the wild card series. Long hair. Um, and then <laughs> kicking on... Tough hitting announcements. <laughs> Julio Urias. Also, good friends with Trevor Bauer. Sure. Uh, Clevenger is, not Urias. Oh. Okay. okay. But uh, Clevenger, 7-7 seven and seven of the 433 ERA, 91 strikeouts on the year. Urias, 17-7, 216 ERA, and 166 strikeouts on the season. I don't want to misrepresent it, but I think at the minimum... That's a home run. It was the first... Urias was the first Mexican-born player to lead the league in earned run average, I think is what it was. He, had a, he led the NL in earned run average. For those uh, at home, Alex Bregman just hit a two-run home run at seven to five. Mariners bottom of the eighth. The LSU Don't like boy. that. That's a nightly TV guy. That is. Check it out. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Brooks. You're welcome. Appreciate that as always. Yeah. Uh, check out the Redeem Team on Netflix. The what? The Redeem oh, that's Team the, that's on Netflix the, that's about the, the 2008 the Coach K documentary. Gold medal winning team. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. W- it's really well done. I'm really impressed with how they were able to use old Kobe Bryant interviews and telling the story, factoring in Doug Collins and his 72 Olympics jab and uh, just awesome, awesome stuff. Watched it at 4 a.m. last night. Wow. Very good material. I told you to sleep at normal hours, son. (laughs) What happened to that? I slept. And then uh, I woke up. Golly. And then here so, we are. Tomorrow when we're on the air, the Braves will be playing again. Yeah. I love you, man. Love you too, brother. I love you, man. Love you, man. All right. That's it for today's show. Thanks so much to Justin Ferguson for stopping by. For Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress, I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.